editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. Welcome to the Fanboy Planet podcast. So glad to have you here. And of course, uh, masterminding this whole thing, producing from the Brett Cave. Rick Brett Snyder. Hey, welcome. And I I guess we should say, I realize that tickets are still available and, um, you know, that that I don't know how how people, uh, you know, feel about going to a convention right now, but, but you and I will both be attending Gallifrey One uh, in, in February at the LAX Marriott. And uh, is that February 17th? I've lost track yes. of, of all dates. February 17th. And uh, so I, I get to say, you know, excitedly, we were just chatting about this before recording, that it turns out that we will both be on a panel, the same panel. Yep. Um, it's uh, be talking about the cinematic universes. And if you uh, listen to our previous episode, we were indeed talking about the Marvel cinematic universe. And I think now it's safe to say that we will next week in the next episode be talking about the DC extended universe. And then we'll bring it all together at Gallifrey One, and I'm I'm very excited about that. Also, just to be able to return to Gallifrey One, it is, uh, you know, I'd say le- more so and less so than any other convention. You know, we're not going as press; we go as paid participants, and somehow that makes it actually more relaxing. Something about the way you described the DC and the Marvel Cinematic Universes made me think, you know, the the difference between the two of them is Marvel's like this incredible, huge arrow with a lot of inertia, and it's just been moving straight forward and drawing, making a path through what mountains or whatever's in its way. And it I, DC, I don't think inertia was the word. Not inertia. Well, <laughs> inertia. Yeah. Momentum. Momentum. So, so um, actually, physically, I think I am correct, but it's not common use. Anyway, the, the DC universe is more like this incredibly huge octopus of things stroking off crazily, blindly in different directions. But it's still fun. But it's just like I, uh, trying to get a map of that is I would insane. like to say this is my perfect time to say join the conversation right into editor at fanboyplanet.com for two things. Uh, if you wish to uh, correct me uh, you, and make sure that I get the full dic- dictionary definition of inertia, that would be great. If, however, you would also like to comment how uh, Rick just referred to the DC Extended Universe as stroking off, uh, please write in to editor <laughs> at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, it is funny you say that, though, because, of course, we did see in multi- the trailer for Multiverse of Madness, uh, Shuma Garath, I think, uh, the, the Cthulhu-like character from Doctor Strange in the 70s with a lot of different tentacles. And the point I was making last week, and we'll probably talk about a lot more next week when you've caught up on a couple of things, I think, uh, is that they're both going off in weird directions. It's just that DC floundered their way there. And it's part of the plot in Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's on purpose with Marvel, but I, I wonder how soon it'll get out of control. But the, and neither here nor there. Let's say again, just for, for right now, we're going to talk about something else this week. But I do want to say again, of course, you can write in questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. And I think that's where it ends. All of those things are as fanboyplanet.com because it's much easier for me to remember that way. So I also want to say that if we do talk about something that you would like to purchase for yourself uh, and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, uh, we are an Amazon affiliate, which means that we put links on the site and 
purchase some purchases may i want to emphasize that may result in in a little bit of revenue coming back to help defray the cost of running the site and the podcast and i say may because one of the things we're going to talk about well, we are going to talk about the state of digital comics as we enter 2022 and one of the companies we'll be talking about is of course comicsology which is owned by amazon and i think yep they kind of merged into one function now and so I am unclear. Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm unclear. I'm unclear, quite honestly, from a financial, from a, from an affiliate perspective, if someone buys a comic on Comicsology through a link on Fanboy Planet, if that generates anything. I, I don't know, and I, I don't care because obviously what I care most about it is that people are reading comics. And on the other hand, I love digital comics from the perspective of, I know you're not buying them for uh, collectible purposes. You're buying them because you love comics. So I'm in. So let's let's before we get there, I do have uh, a, an excerpt from an email I received from a listener, and uh, that it uh, ties into what we're talking about a little bit here, which is from Chris Buckley. Uh, who's been a long-time listener, and he said, I'm annoyed that they've already eliminated the future state of the DC universe, not the extended universe. I'm talking the comics universe. I rather liked finally having a sense of progression with a new Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman stepping up. I think that's a topic for a later podcast, yeah. the generations and the, and the idea of storytelling uh, the legends moving on, which DC had tried a few times. But today... On this episode, we wanted to, again, like I said, talk about the state of digital comics. We have, I think, now three major apps, four major apps, maybe, uh, sources to read comics. Uh, Dark Horse, of course, still has theirs, uh, but I, I think it's still funneled through Comixology. The three that I think most directly uh, people may be most familiar with are Marvel Unlimited, DC Infinite, Comicsology, which has its Comicsology Unlimited, that's what it's called, right? Comicsology Unlimited. Yeah. There's, there's basic Comicsology where you can buy stuff. Right. That's buying. And Unlimited is where you can just have access to stuff, like so checking out library. Those three apps have versions that are that are very similar. Distinct. Just you know, you can through all of them, you could buy individual things right same day and date. Yeah. But uh, uh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can with, with with all of them. And yet at the same time, the, the subscription format allows you access to a library of, of back issues. Uh, Marvel, I think, began promising six months from uh, from actual day and date. So you know, you'd be six months behind if you were reading only through Marvel Unlimited, which I did look up. It was originally called Digital Comics Unlimited. They very purposely called it the DCU and then revised once they released Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited. Because both of those, I, I think is interesting, both companies dropped comics from it's, their name. I think there's a, a distinction we have to make right off the bat, though. And the ones you're focused on are the ones where you buy a subscription and you have access yes. no, to a, a library. That's what I've said. That's what I just said. Yes. But, but all, th all of those also allow you to buy the digital rights to ownership yes, of that's, the issues. Yes, I also said that, yes. But I didn't say digital rights of ownership. Yeah. But yes, although, as you've experienced in the past, right? Yeah. It's a scary digital thing. Digital rights to ownership is uh, a relative concept. Yep. Just like iTunes doesn't actually give you ownership in perpetuity of the songs you download. It just means you get to listen to them. Uh, but if they decide they're no longer carrying it, it's gone. Which I think is the same thing happened with Kindle. Now, there's a fourth option. It, it, Kindle's trickier than that, but yeah, yeah. There's a fourth option I want to talk about as well, and we'll get there. Uh, which is Webtoon, uh, and it, it's it's a different way of reading comics, a different, and they're doing it globally. So let's start with Marvel Unlimited because I think in the last few months they really uh, they really revised, uh, updated their interface, and I in some ways for good, some ways not so good. So you were saying you'd you'd run into some problems that I hadn't necessarily because I, I don't think I use it as often as you do. Yeah, well, we we I use um, both Marvel Unlimited and the Marvel 
purchasing and archiving of books that I've bought, or rather the books that Marvel gives me when I buy the physical copy. And they're, they're distinct, different, um, uh, methods. If you have, if you buy those books, you don't necessarily get them. You don't get anything more on unlimited. If you do unlimited, you're not getting all the books that are just fresh off the stand. Um, but they did. So off the stand, they have had a strategy for a couple of years now for many years now, maybe six, seven, um, where, the fourth page in from the back has a has a big page that says you can have a digital copy of this book, and there's a sticker on that page that is actually a peel off, uh, not unlike uh, if you buy a can of something and you need instructions, you peel the label back and you see what's underneath it. But this label, when you peel it off, it has a code, and you go into a page on the Marvel Comics site, not Marvel Unlimited, but just the Marvel Comics site to request uh, the redemption of that code. And the problems this thing has had for the last eight years has been maddening because the the peel-off part hasn't always worked. Sometimes it's destroyed the number underneath of it. it. Oh, I was going to say that. I've, I've used it uh, maybe twice, and both times I had a problem peeling it off right. and, if and you, if ruined you, the book. If you do get a clean... Um, well, we could talk about that too. Does it destroy the collector value of it if you've taken this off? I haven't heard anybody. Uh, I've sold some comics on eBay. I've mentioned that uh, the the stickers are no longer any good. I've never had anybody say anything about it, but I imagine there are collectors out there saying, "Oh no, it's no longer." You know, you've just destroyed the entire value of the book. It, it can't be a ten point oh. Yeah, when you slab it, you I can't can open it I anyway. can I can believe that it's not a ten point yeah. oh. But anyway, so the other problem has been that. And I believe this is exposed that the books are being printed at multiple different facilities that are not entirely coordinated because the the font that they use for the letters and numbers in that code is often, even if it's clean, it's hard to determine whether a zero or an O is in that position and a one an, or an L, uh, same thing. Just, just di- really difficult to get those properly. Uh, done and even if you do get them done sometimes you submit the code and it says we don't recognize this code and you have to get in touch with their technical support team and send them a copy of your book and all this other stuff so that got better recently they started using a font for most of them where numbers are distinctly higher than letters so you can really tell the difference between an o and a zero and between Mm -hmm. a one and an l and that sort of thing but um that didn't last very long. Well, that wasn't the top of the line very well, very much. I should introduce the fact that there is a black market or gray market here where people mm-hmm. are selling their codes um, so that, you know, they buy the book, they sell the code, they make back some of the money off of the book that they, they got, and somebody else gets the code for cheaper than it would have cost for the whole book. Yeah. And I'm sure, I know Marvel doesn't like that, doesn't want that. So they've gone to a new system, or I shouldn't say so they've gone to a new system. They've gone to a new system that to me is even more bizarre. You register your DNA sequence? No. You, when you get your book, the that pa- page that used to have the peel-off code now just has instructions to go to a website. And on the website, you put your name, email address, the issue you're redeeming, and you take a picture of the cover and upload it to the, to the system. And that, that then gets processed. Now, the first time I did this, I thought I'm going to get the code right away. It takes, it usually takes one or two days for them to email you back the code. Nowadays, they say on the page, it could take up to two weeks which was just like, I was just astounded. But in practice lately, it's been one to two days. And you get an email with a code that you just copy, and then you go back to the original submit a request for the digital book and paste it in. And then you get the you get the code registered and you have the book in the Marvel library and you can download it to your iPad or phone or whatever you read it on. Mm-hmm. So I find that even crazier 
because they aren't asking for a receipt, which I they used to when you were submitting a request on a bad code before, you had to give them a mm-hmm. copy, a photocopy of your receipt. They aren't asking for a receipt. They're just asking for your name, address, the issue you're asking for, asking for, and a photo and a picture of the book. Which you could go into a comic store and just take a picture of the book with your phone, and uh, it, it's just it's I'm I'm it's mind-boggling. The other thing that's gone crazy is in the last couple of weeks, half of the books have used the system, and half of the books are using the old system. Thank you for clarifying because I've seen some complaints on Twitter about that. Yeah, and and I didn't understand because I I don't do that. I did. I got halfway through the explanation that it used to be a six-month lag. I think they've moved it down to three months. Yeah. Uh, and depending on the popularity of the book. And uh, so, you know, that's just the way I figure. I'm so behind in a lot of books I know. I used to be so good. You and I have talked about that, like, on you know, when New Comic Book Day was Friday. Oh, yeah. The end of the work week, and then you'd, you know. It was an know, event day. Well, you know, some of you would go out on Friday nights. Some of yes. us would read comics on Friday night and then go out. Um, oh, we went out and we did, we did a podcast on Friday nights for a long time. And then we go out to dinner. That was a Wednesday though. No, we did on Fridays. We, we did it on new comic day, mm-hmm. which was Wednesday. Not when we started. Uh, no, you're, I think you're wrong. Well, you go back, go back, go back and check. Yeah, uh, yeah I can. That's okay. the beauty of it. So anyway, so Marvel unlimited, um, is is uh, is associated with this primarily in that if you have a Marvel Unlimited account, you can borrow the book and you can pretty much read it um, in a Marvel Unlimited application, which functions pretty much the same way as the comic reader for your digital comics that you've gotten for code or on the occasion uh, have bought because you can still go into Mar- into the Marvel um, the Marvel system and buy these books. They'll say, "Would well, you want to buy this in paper or you want to buy in digital?" So, yeah, I I do notice, of course, you know, they, I get an email every. I, I suppose everybody who has Marvel Unlimited does. You get this email each month when they say we're we're adding another thousand books or whatever number it, it's increasing by. I will say that the older stuff, the scanning is spotty yeah, in quality. Uh, certainly have gone through and read some tales of Asgard by, uh, by Jack Kirby that like the panels are, you got to do full page because you can't go panel by panel because the panel will cut off a lot of, a yeah, lot the, of stuff. The, what a lot of people, the people who don't use digital comics may not realize that you can, the, the, when the comic gets converted from, uh, analog to digital, uh, as it were, um, yeah, they start off with a picture of the page and then someone else goes in and describes, uh, mathematically where the panels are right. for the reader. And then the reader can zoom in just on that panel and they'll provide just enough zoom to go to that panel. Or if it's a very large panel, it may have multiple places to go in the, that panel to help you follow the dialogue that's occurring in that panel. So clicking next will often not take you to the next page. It'll take you to the next panel or the next position in that panel that you want to be at to read it, which is actually for a lot of books, very helpful because I'm sure you've read through dialogue. We go, well, that balloon was supposed to be before, be before this one because the, the, otherwise the conversation doesn't make any well, sense. Well, you get back to, to Scott McCloud, right? How to read comics. Right. There, I, again, can't remember what he said the percentage was, but there are people that just don't understand it. And I, and I have friends that have said that, that they just don't know how they're supposed to read a comic book page. And then they so, try and read Japanese comics. Yeah, okay. I, it still confuses me. I still do it. Yeah. But uh, but again, you know, for Marvel Unlimited and DC Infinite works in a similar fashion. Yeah. Let's talk about, about the interface, the advantage on, on Marvel Unlimited. And I think Comixology Unlimited does it too. I've read a few things. Well, uh, Comixology is interesting. I, we, we want to go there. We'll, we should go to DC Universe. It'll be a short conversation. Well, well, DC Infinite. Yeah. They, yeah. See, again, this is the interesting thing. Like I said, both of, the, both of those companies have dropped comics 
I'm looking at the page. The page actually says DC Universe Infinite. Yeah. Okay. And my I got to look at my app. Hang on. What it tells me, uh, I think it just became DC Infinite on my on Ooh, the app. They just put all the the Peacemaker books up free to read. Yes. Wow. I didn't yes. see that. Oh no. Okay. It does say DC Universe Infinite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and I think there's even a new one shot that yes, the new one shot came out. Disturbing was, the peace. This was a day and date. Okay. That that they're putting out both ways because of course the TV series is there. They're doing a, both both companies are doing a good job of their you know it's no accident that if you go into Marvel Unlimited they are pushing Moon Knight comics and Eternals comics. And, uh, and no accident, if you go to DC Universe uh, Infinite, it's pushing Peacemaker right now, of which there are precious few actual good comics. Yeah. Uh, just say <laughs> that. Let's acknowledge. And, and I don't think that even though DC owns those characters, I don't think they have the rights to the Charlton books. In which uh, Peacemaker actually originally appeared, right? So I don't think those are on there. And at, at the moment, you know, I just haven't had the patience or interest yet to go through because what I think you and I are both going to dance around on this is, I think Marvel's interface is much better, and your ability to find a comic you want to read is much better. Yes. Both sides are doing the same thing of saying, well, hey, you've discovered you like a certain artist or a, or a certain writer, and you can enter in that way and find stuff. The problem I find in an arc, especially uh, or in trying to read an event, uh, you know, it, it's, it's better when it's older comics, even though they're not necessarily scanned as well, yeah. because you didn't have the incessant crossovers. And, right. and when you have... Uh, you know, with with DC, it's Events. interesting too. You yeah. can go by eras, which I find found just fascinating. To say you can be New Fifty Two, and you can and it'll bring up just books from when they were branded New Fifty Two. You can. Uh, it's not pre crisis. Let's see. With the, I, I, I mean, ha- oh, Silver Age, Golden Age. I don't think it's that clever. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, it, yeah. And, and and I would say some of the – like there's Future State. So you can go – you know, the 56 books that are in Future State. If I click on that tile, yeah, it will just show every single every single one there and, you know, or the titles rather um, and, and then go through. So they're all about the flash and the color. Marvel will actually just list the numbers, you know, the, the titles because with Marvel – uh, well, we're both now. You have to know. Like, so case in point for me, back to last week's episode, I'm going through Moon Knight, trying to find which runs are the most uh, relevant to what I think that impending TV series is going to be. Right. And that's all over the place. So you have to go, you have to know, okay, likely Moon Knight uh, by Warren Ellis is... That turned out to be the 2014 series. Uh, I was reading Hawkeye when Hawkeye came out, and then that Matt Fraction and, and, and David Aja series, uh, you know, ended, gave way to all new Hawkeye. Then there was all new, all different Hawkeye. Then there was a separate series that was <laughs> Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. Yes, and I don't blame the app so much as man. You got to You've got to be a coder who cares a lot more. Uh, who has to know with the in-depth that, that the total proverbial Marvel zombie knows. And the same thing with DC. So, Well, to be honest, a lot of times when I'm doing, trying to do something like that, I'll have a Wikipedia page open at the same time. Oh, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, certainly that's become, and I do see they've got a, a, a talent spotlight, and they've got uh, this. I'm in DC, and the get to know your favorite characters. Mm-hmm. You can uh, they'll keep a, a decent. Oh, I see. I get why I, I it signed me out again, um, which really frustrates me that I, I keep fighting because I would say that the Marvel Unlimited app does a better job of remembering I paid a lot of money. To right. to have it, whereas DC hiccups every couple of weeks and signs me out behind my back, and I I, I resent that. 
Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and then I have to go, no, this is, I swear this was my password. And then I contact somebody and they did just email me last week and actually say, no, we, we've pushed an update and like, no, you didn't. Apple does not let you just push an update. You know, <laughs> it's like you have to manually do that. And so anyway, uh, you know, well, the irony is I, I what uh, what they do have better and they still and they still need to do better of of course is for us old timers, uh, which I'm I you know I think I'll change the name of this podcast to Grumpy Old Fanboys, <laughs> but but uh, is that they've got I think a lot more Golden Age content, and you know going back, but again, the average reader isn't going to know eh, if you like Doctor Fate, you need to go back to more fun comics. I mean, literally, that was the name of the comic. Yeah. So, you, <laughs> you know, but you don't have to do that for the current to follow the current one because no, that's no, an no, entirely no, no, different saying, Doctor Fate. I mean, if you're yeah. if you're casually going in, so you know, yeah, that's that. Co- tell me about Comicsology Unlimited. I buy comics through Comicsology because they also have one thing that the others don't, and then I'll get to the fourth thing because it's changing Marvel too. Well, there's there's is, there's a is, there's another fourth thing, but go ahead. There's Comicsology Originals, so there are books. Right. If you want to call them books, right? There are titles that are only digital, and and I think uh, I even you can go on to Fanboy Planet, and there was a, uh, a piece, you know, four years ago, five years ago, when they did a huge launch at Comic Con with some really great creators, and you know there are other that are competing too. Substack just tried to enter the race and 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 buy up, a, make a lot of people exclusive. I don't know how well that worked out, and I haven't gone any, anywhere there because I don't think any of those books have come out. But I do know that Comicsology, Comicsology Originals has just some really top-tier content and a lot of indies that are up and coming. And I love being able to see that because, I mean, you know, you and I, we both gone to cons. You see the guy at the table that's selling his book, and you've never heard of this book. It's never made it into a, into a shop. But if there's a digital version, I, I don't have to wait a year. To see the next convention for the you know right for the next issue right so but but comicsology if I had to pick one of these to to actually isolate myself this it is would, becoming like a Facebook meme it would yeah. almost you be, can only pick one it would almost be comicsology and because comicsology is so much it's it's Marvel it's DC it's all the independent dark horse IW Oni boom. They're all in there. Archie does day and date releases and the unlimited stuff is, is really good, but is a little insidious because their unlimited stuff isn't really expanding. Their unlimited stuff is basically a significant taste, maybe beyond a taste. It's a couple of meals and, and they rotate in and out. Right. Right. And well, like you mentioned Moon Knight. The first three graphic novels for Moon Knight are there. And if you want the fourth one, it's not unlimited. You have to buy it. So, and they do that more, probably DC kind of does that too. Marvel of all people doesn't really do that that much. Um, but the, the DC, the unlimited stuff is like, if you really want to, you can really get a feel for a book with what they've got there, but it definitely cuts off before getting anywhere near if you want to read current. the whole thing if you I want mean, to read the whole thing yeah so why the last man is in there you can get a really good good sense of what that's about if you read the first three and you really like it by all means you should go ahead and buy that um but it's it and it's going to be digital so it's going to be cheaper than buying the uh buying the books but not by much and i say this i say this kind of like i said it was kind of the this the one that i would go with because the one that I actually probably would go with is of all things, the Kindle unlimited. I have that too. Yeah. yeah the Kindle edition unlimited has, um, has the comiXology mixed in with it. And so you get not only the kin, the, the gra- the graphic novels and such that you get with comiXology unlimited, but you also get Kindle prose books. And so that's, and I haven't, I'm I'm not going to go to the mat on this because I haven't done an extensive investigation as to what the libraries are like for each one. It's really hard to get a, as good a sense of the the 
Kindle edition graphic novels, and it's strictly but, draft, graphic novels. But I think that's going to change because I think the merge between them, Kindle being an Amazon company and Comixology being an Amazon company, uh, Comixology was separate originally, and it was started yeah. by someone else. It was bought by Amazon and bought by Amazon. So I think right. they're going to. I think they'll, they'll merge. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but overnight they've been that way for quite a while now, and they. I I think they may be happy with the way it is right now. I think that Amazon uh, is smart about saying, okay, Kindle readers may not really go for comic books, but that will give them some that they can potentially stumble upon. You know, essential Calvin and Hobbes is in there. I mean, you, you got a lot of crossover stuff from, from that. And like Brandon Sanderson's uh, white sand, which was only done as a comic uh, is, is in there. The whole thing uh, is in there for, for reading. Who, but the, pu- who published that? Uh, oh, geez. Who did? Uh, Cause I want to say, I mean, that's, that's the point, you know, like we, Boom doesn't have their own, so it's great that you can find that on on Comicsology. Dynamite, Dynamite. Okay, and Dynamite definitely doesn't have its own, but no. they, but they're doing some interesting books. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say is like right now, if uh, with paper shortages, which seems to be a, a fluctuating problem with with supply chain and so forth. You know, we made a joke last week. I can't remember about which thing was going to, you know, it, was there. A, oh, because Moon Knight's first three volumes are only on Kindle right now. In, in Comicsology, they don't have the trades in print. And you right. said, oh, they're going to get it pretty soon. Well, what I noticed is that uh, I think this week, maybe last week, was finally Marvel reprinted The Truth, Red, White, and Blue, which was a, a huge uh inspiration for the for the falcon and the winter soldier and i talked about it with with a a friend last year when that show was on and saying like i can't believe that the truth is not actually in print right now it took them almost a full year to get the truth back on the stands now again i get it because you know you got to see pay attention to where your resources are going to be I think to what we were just joking about all the Peacemaker books is, you know, Peacemaker's not going to necessarily uh, the corporate overlords, because remember, both DC and Marvel are owned by other companies. DC doesn't even know who owns them from week to week. (laughs) Those corporate overlords, you know, they've got to be careful about where their resources go, where their money goes to reprinting, because what's going to get them those money? Who would have guessed I mean, I would have, but that Peacemaker would suddenly be, you know, it, it's dominating Twitter every day, which I don't know if that's, you know, comparative to real life and who's really watching, but it's this hugely popular character on television. And like I said, it, it's, you know, to be honest, people, it's now, ne- I, I haven't read this new one shot, but, but it's rarely been a good comic because it's inherently silly and always treated seriously. I have to tell you something about John Cena later. Okay. Later. Later. We don't want to, you know, I don't want a lawsuit. No. Um, But, uh, you know, so I also saw that that, that DC Universe Infinite is doing something that I I think is uh, fascinating as well, that they're breaking the three-month embargo with books that I don't think are selling that well. So that they, you know, ah, yeah. they believe they're using it as a promotion more. So, like, there's an interesting horror book uh, that is written by the people that do a podcast called The Last Podcast on the Left. And it's called Soul Plumber from Black Label. And it's caught up. You get, you know, it, it went day and date on on Infinite because I don't, I don't think people were noticing it. Um, it's not bad. It's weird. But it reminds me very much of kind of like if 2000 AD in the 80s had done horror. That's what this is. Um, so, again, it's a chance for me to sample, sample stuff. I, I do want to move to, though, the other thing because it has affected sure. Marvel, which is Webtoons. It's, we talked about the way panels are, out, are laid out and, and you know, that, 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 how did you call it, mathematically, not, not coding. Right. I think of it as coding, but, you know, guiding. Webtoons is that new way of of doing books for the internet a whole generation is reading this way and i think what's what i've noticed at marvel is 
they've got a whole line of books or titles. I don't because I, I don't know if you can even fairly call them books because they are only digital that are called Marvel in, Marvel Infinite Comics. And years ago when the app started, I shouldn't say when the app started because I, I subscribed late. I remember when you first signed up and said I should do it. And then it took me a few years and I'll, I'll be honest, and maybe a divorce uh, before I felt like, oh, yeah, I can afford to do this. And, um, you know, please, no cards and letters. I'm, I'm good. Uh, but <laughs> but you're great. I, when I subscribed or, or when I would see samples, they'd occasionally send me a code to say, like, you could look at this there. What, what they called Infinite Comics were uh, more like movies. motion comics. Yeah. And very primitive, though. But you'd see, like, you know, Nova would move across. It was almost like watching those Grand Tray uh, animation from the 60s. Well, uh, when when Watchmen got on a DVD... Uh, yeah, they were motion comics. They put, right, right. They put it in, in motion comics, yeah. Yeah, I, I have that DVD. For uh, uh, the and Black... that was weird. But, and yeah. people, you can listen. There's, a, there's an old podcast where we talked with Dave Gibbons about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, yeah, I don't think that that... that motion comic was well done i think he was right there's something there but i I think that webtoons what is done is the same thing now marvel infinite comics are exactly the same format as what webtoons does you scroll down panel by panel and it's and it's each panel is done by a creator knowing that what i find fascinating is last week i said you know they haven't really tied comics into the marvel cinematic universe the exception is it like the last one that was that showed up? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. On Wikipedia, said it was the Black Widow prequel. However, a couple of weeks ago, Eternals Infinite Comics showed up, and art-wise, they're gorgeous. Story-wise, I, my opinion, only my opinion, they're stupid. But <laughs> because the it's the Eternals from the movie sitting around issue by issue talking i think it's called the 500 year war and they go hey remember this thing why do we have this why do we have that and i realized that there are memory issues with the characters but it was just so like bad sitcom it, it annoyed me but at least it was different creative teams each issue focusing on a different set of a ter- pair of eternals of cinematic eternals um but again you scroll down you see it and and they've used it to also do things that i don't know would be uh, necessarily selling super well, but to at a comic shop. I mean, you know, we we talked with Cardiangelo uh, a few weeks ago, and you know, I know that a, a store has a limited amount of shelf space. Your unlimited app is quite l- almost literally unlimited, and they can they can afford to try a bunch of different things. So. The title that I totally binged, that's un, uh, that's infinite, was uh, "It's Jeff." Have you have you seen this and read this one? No, I've not. Okay, "It's Jeff" comes out of the Kate Bishop Hawkeye series, where Modok genetically engineered land sharks, and Kate Bishop recogni- uh, rescues and adopts a baby land shark. Oh boy! And names him Jeff. So there are six issues, which apparently are getting another set. I mean, when you say issues, too, it's like, well, yeah, this is like a bag of potato chips, you know, in a small bag. You know, it, you go through them very fast. Right. Uh, it's just these cute adventures of this land shark. Uh, they're, they're, pant- they're silent issues, basically, of this land shark's adventures trying to fit in at different places like pool parties and at Avengers HQ. And, uh, you know, and he's a little cute land shark. Um if you put that on the stands, I don't know. Um, but what was interesting is that I had noticed Webtoons was doing this because where I was catching back into Webtoons uh, was that Netflix has had a couple of live-action series from uh, from Korea that were from Webtoons because Webtoons is truly global. And so if you've seen on Netflix, Sweet Home, uh, yeah, interesting special effects. I mean, they look kind of video gamey, but I was okay with that. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a compelling story. And Sweet Home was a serialized uh, strip, I guess you'd call it a strip, 
in Webtoons. So Marvel just announced a couple of weeks ago that they're doing a book for Webtoons or a title for Webtoons, but it will actually be a, a Marvel Infinite first. So they're acknowledging they're the same things. But knowing that if you're a subscriber to Marvel Infinite, you'll probably, uh, or Marvel Unlimited, my apologies, it's a Marvel Infinite comic, but it's Marvel Unlimited. If you're subscribing to Marvel Unlimited, you'll, you'll read the Marvel Infinite comic there. But Webtoons is where it's at. DC started over a month ago, maybe two months ago, a Batman title that is only in Batman. It's so focusing on the family, and it is a little more manga style, stylized. Uh, again, fitting what the majority of webtoons is. There are a lot of uh, of Western titles as well. John Barrowman has uh, a title. Uh, now I'm blanking on it, but again, I, I know I had the story on it on Fanboy Planet. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I know that, that that webtoons when they launched in the U.S. threw some money at create. You know, tried to make things for create. I because I re- I was staying at a hotel at Comic Con where the webtoons party was on the roof and the line was like all these artists that I knew because they were going to go up and they were going to pitch their stuff. And, you know, some, some big names. So I think, I think that they figured out they didn't need the, the Western audience quite so much because globally it's a success. Netflix is sudden, suddenly making this a, a pipeline to, oh, is this interesting? And there are studios around the world that are looking at, well, our country, you know, someone from our country is coming up with, with this concept. Um, you know, again, another conversation to say, like, how Squid Game seems to have blown everything away in terms of global content and finally Americans, or at least Americans, paying for streaming services, subscription services, are accepting this kind of international content in a way that they had not been before or the other flip side is that the U S audience really isn't that important in the grand scheme of things in the way they used to be. So I, I don't care which way is the answer. I, I just want a second season of squid game, but I, but I also want a second uh, season of sweet home. And then I started going into webtoons more just to see, like, well, what else is interesting? They have kind of a subscription service, and you vote as well. And if you're a reader and it's getting votes, like, I like this chapter, it's interesting because that's better almost than than sales, right? Because in in um, in comic shops, we've seen the rise again of the speculators are showing up again, but in uh, but if you're just directly a reader says, I liked this title, they have no monetary hope of reselling their chapter that's on their iPad or their computer or whatever. It really is pure and it's genuine and, and it's direct. I, I want to say that, too, in Marvel and DC, uh, their apps, they're inconsistent about printing letters or, or, or scanning letters pages. Oh, yeah. And I... And I don't know how I feel about that because sometimes I really have enjoyed that that feedback and that sense. But you know, neither here nor there. I that's just a, a personal thing and because not all titles do I want want to do that either. I don't like that DC on on DC uh, Universe Infinite uh, tends to also include house ads uh, in their scans, and I'm like, no, 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 I. <laughs> Yeah, more than once I have swiped to the right and thought, "Oh crap, did it download the wrong book?" Because uh-huh. it's just the cover of another book, and it's like, "No, that was the ad that was in the original." Uh, you know, is is in the print edition, and that that bugs me. But you know, so I don't know what's right. You know what what your favorite's going to be? Webtoons. If you want DC content in webtoons, it's really that one. But it's again, we've said this before. A new generation is consuming in a different way. I, I know my son is often, uh, you know, I, I buy him collections of, of manga that he loves. And it's usually really because he just does want to have them to reread at his leisure in hard copy, but he's already read them online. Right. And, you know, I know you've, you've mentioned before there are people that I, I don't know if they got cracked down on on YouTube or not, but there, I mean, there are people reading comics. And scanning and scanning them and doing videos, you know, reading them out loud and and yeah. so forth. So, I mean, people are consuming in a completely different way. 
than we thought. Dave Gibbons was right all those years ago, and you can hear him t- say that on the Fanboy Planet podcast. I mean, he was right. We we talked about one that kind of shut down, which was Made Fire. And the, I think the problem for Made Fire was their own original titles were so, uh, you know, it, it was they weren't getting out to the public as to as to what they were. But I thought their interface or, or their tools were fascinating in terms of they really did what now Facebook 3D does. Right when you when you make a photo 3D, so that there was distance, you could tilt your iPad or your phone. Yeah, yeah, it was a little more. Around. It was a little more sophisticated than that, but yeah. Well, I, I, for the average person, I, I'm saying yes. Yeah. It, it, no, absolutely. A little. Um, I never saw a, the uh, contortion of a face uh, if if you tilted that I sometimes see when I make my photos 3D on Facebook. Yes, but. Uh, you know, it was interesting and it was really challenging. I can remember Liam Sharp telling me that, like, you know, he saw somebody do a, a 360 with it, and so he had to do a 720 with with one of one of his. I remember that. And they were, yeah, they were challenging each other, and it was really cool. Yeah. And then they went to distributing other companies. IDW, I think, and My Little Pony and Transformers were available for, from there for a while, uh, and we just discovered, you know, that they shut down uh, a few months ago, and. But on the other hand, if if you, you know, why would you go to buy IDW there if you could go to Comixology and get everything? Yeah. You know, and, and so I this was really more just to kind of say, like, these are your options. These are your ways to go. And especially if you are still uncomfortable leaving the house. And I do understand that right now. Um you know that that there's a lot of interesting digital content out there, and a lot of interesting digital content that's not in, in print and hard copy. But again, I find the subscription services in concept, depending on which publisher you, you really like, in concept fantastic. Because, like I said, I've been able to kind of run through Moon Knight. I was able to run through Hawkeye. I have a problem with I, I tend to wake up in the middle of the night and not be able to fall back asleep for a, for an hour. Then I pick up my phone and I just read a, a few comics and and then I'm right back to sleep. It's and I don't have to disturb my wife because it, the only light is from the phone. So I've been finding that just fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, it's astounding. I when when I convert my digital codes for Marvel. Um, there are a couple of series that I only read off my iPad, and the problem is I've only I typically only read them off the iPad when I'm traveling, which I'm not doing in the last two years. Right. So I take the books that I have put on the iPad and I put them in a separate stack, um, and I've continued to do that. And it's only like maybe five series so far, but my stack is three feet tall. But all those books are on my iPad, and so if I want to, anything I want to read, I just search for it, find it and read it. It's like, like, well, and that's good. And I, I do want to, you know, I mean, I said you could find all the future state and that ties back to what, uh, Chris Buckley had wrote in, written in to say, wrote in, um, he, he wrote in to say, uh, that already DC is changing the future after they spent two months establishing the future. But I think another conversation a different one some uh, some other podcast is that i just i just don't think it matters anymore dc can do what they're doing with their regular books right now but there's so many dc books on the stands not so much marvel but dc definitely where this is kicked free from continuity you know i i mean i know yeah. we're, get, we're getting a new world's finest by mark wade with batman and superman I, I have no idea and no care after after Dark Knight's Metal, knowing that it's all a multiverse and and that the you know the well, movies obviously and the TV are going back there, but um, the JLA is going to kill off all the uh, major characters, right? Well, and we know, yes. And if, but so is what? that going to? Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to. It's not going to affect all the books. They'd have to be crazy. So but but I also think, and again, another topic is. Look, when when they did in, uh, Final Crisis, way back when, there was a house ad for Final Crisis that said, uh, Legends Die, Gods Live Forever, something like that. Grant yeah. Morrison's original plan, which was at clearly at one point approved, was that, yes, 
the seven of the Justice League were going to die, and it was the next generation that stepped forward. And if you go back, and I don't know what era you would find that in DC Universe Infinite, the Justice League book at the time was all the legacy. It was it was Dick Grayson as Batman. It was Donna Troy as Wonder Woman. It was John Stewart, or no, it might have been um, Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. You know, it was it was Roy Harper in the in the Green Arrow Flash, role, but yeah, not Green, Roy, Green Arrow. Harvey, yeah, you know, so uh, all all that. Uh, I don't remember if they had an Aquaman analog at that point. I don't think the new, uh, or maybe it was Garth, uh, maybe it was Tempest, but you know, they they had that, and that was that was his. Um, uh, you know, it was picked up again by Jeff Johns in the Dark Side War. That that Morrison's intent was that the original Justice League would all become a pantheon and would not have the regular books about them. They would step up and the legacy would come through. We know uh, Dan DiDio had proposed something similar uh, that it was, I think it was G5? Yeah, 5G. Uh, G5. That it was the next generation and that's and a lot of those books got pulled into being future states. So they exist somewhere. It's all just kind of hyper-time-ish. And tune in next week to the next episode when we talk about how that's really affecting the DC Extended Universe, both cinematic and television. Uh, or, or is there a difference anymore? You know, it's just there it is. So there I get to preview uh, a, a next a next week's episode. So, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, once again, you know, you can find all all those things we talked about. And, and if there are titles that you want to have the hard copy, because uh, Lord knows my stack is getting taller, um, you know, that, of course, again, find at your local brick and mortar store or you can order through Amazon uh, if you do it through Fanboy Planet. Uh, we we may get a small kickback because we are indeed uh, affiliated with them for whatever that means. Uh, I thank you uh, for listening. I, I I look as we've been going out to other podcatchers as well, and and see the the sheer volume of podcasts out there talking about comics that you chose to spend some time listening to this one. I'm I'm really grateful. So thank you. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www. The Great Luke L U K E S K I dot com. <laughs>